This episode of the Golf Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. We're also brought to you by Cut. Cut is a peer-to-peer social betting platform that's U.S.-based and available in 40 states. Head to cut.com, that's K-U-T-T.com, and use promo code SGPN for a 10% deposit bonus. There's only a few days left to get 50% off everything in the SGPN merch store. The promo code LAYOFFS. All right, DGENs, good morning. Uh, this feels a little bit like morning radio zoo uh, for sports talk. I'm up at 6 a.m., doing a preview of pebble beach why because i am completely dedicated to you guys and i simply cannot go a week without doing a preview for you all so uh thank you for listening uh if you're going to be watching and joining us on youtube this morning thank you as well uh make sure you subscribe to the youtube channel also make sure you download uh subscribe to the golf gambling podcast on spotify and apple Wherever you can listen to a podcast, whatever your medium is, please give us a rate and review as well. We always appreciate that. And uh, I apologize for not doing a preview until this morning. I just went down to Florida, visited the parents, and I happened to bring along my seventh-month-old on a plane. And while she was incredibly good, she was a 10 out of 10. Everybody loved her. She only cried maybe towards the end because she was just sick of being on planes at that point. Uh, it's a lot of logistics bringing around kids. So uh, thank you for your patience uh, and allowing me to bring it to you this morning. The column will probably be up around lunchtime. I have the pieces of it uh, put together by the main points so I can actually go over everything with you all today. Uh, and we are going to the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am this week. A slightly different format, a much needed uh, change, I think, to this thing. So probably as a little hat tip, to AT&T, one of the biggest sponsors of the PGA Tour, considering the fact that this tournament usually was a bye week for most people. Most people didn't want to go play the Pro-Am format, go out to Monterey Bay, even though this is a really good golf course. Or, well, you know, it's an iconic golf course. There's some flaws with it, but it's an iconic uh, golf course. This was a bye week. This is a very busy schedule for the PGA Tour. But uh, throwing them a bone this year, they made this a signature event. This is the second signature event of the season. That means the top 50 in last year's FedEx Cup gets automatic exemptions into this. I think anybody in the top 30 also gets exemptions. There was the next 10 from last fall who has an exemption. There's the best five from the last three tournaments, which I don't think they ever showed any live standings during the broadcast of who was eligible and fighting for that. Say levy. It is what it is. They're still trying their best. They're not perfect. But uh, this is a no-cut event, 80 guys. Uh, there will be a pro-am format to this thing, but it's only Thursday and Friday. Everybody will only play Pebble Beach and Spyglass Hill Thursday and Friday, and then the amateurs are cleared out. So if you are a fan of Bill Murray throwing around clubs, around bunkers, or you really love those Ray Romano uh, post-round interviews, I'm sorry, they won't even be here. I think actually only athletes are going to be playing the pro am none of no movie stars none of you know none of that so apologies if you actually like those people uh as part of your program experience i personally didn't i thought that took away a lot from the weekend coverage they spent way too much time you know highlighting you know uh, carlton uh or yeah carlton you know uh doing the dance there on the green or ray romano or you know gary Mulder. it 
listen, just show us the golf. This is one of the best golf courses or one of the most iconic golf courses in, in the country. Just show us uh, the golf course on the weekend, not the amateurs. But after Friday, uh, there's no cut, but everybody will go play Pebble Beach uh, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, it's similar to what happened back in COVID where they only played Spyglass Hill and, and Pebble Beach those first two days and everybody played Pebble. Uh, Monterey Peninsula is not in the rotation this year, which is a shame. It's actually a good golf course, but they never showed it, so you never really knew. But um, just Spyglass Hill and Pebble, and I'll in a little bit, I'll go through Google Earth, and I will show you uh, both golf courses. As far as who's in the field, obviously Rory McIlroy's in the field. He's making a PG Tour debut this week. Uh, he just won over in Dubai, finished second in another event in Dubai, which he probably should have won. He had duck hooking it into the water on Sunday. One thing I did notice with Rory watching him is he's having a little trouble with the driver a little bit, a little bit of trouble with the lefts, uh, a little bit of trouble, you know, uh, with the hooks a little bit. I know he sent one in the water to lose to Tommy Fleetwood in the Dubai Invitational. He ended up winning a couple weeks ago at the Abu Dhabi, or not the Abu Dhabi, whatever it's called. But he also was sending shots pretty far left. So maybe that's something to watch here uh, that really only gets you in trouble hitting it left on 18, but that's a very crucial shot. You got to hit driver there. Obviously you don't want to hit it on the beach. That's fun to watch, but you know, as far as everybody else, you know, you got Scotty, Cantlay, Xander, those are your notables. All the big names are going to be here, but we've been what I think the biggest storyline the first couple of weeks is chalk is not hitting at the top of the board. Uh, Chris Kirk was over 101. He won the century tournament of champions. You had Grayson Murray, Surprising everybody at 525 to one or wherever he was beating popular Keegan Bradley, who I was on and popular bet on who a lot of other people were on. Uh, you had an amateur win the Amex after Sam Burns, who I was on, hit it in the water on 17. And then you had a bunch of guys who weren't used to being up towards the top at Torrey's Pines. You had, you know, Steven Yeager, you had um, Theo Bavon, you had Nikolai Hoygaard, who I really like, who's the most talented of the four guys who were really battling out, um, you know, heading into Sunday there. But he hadn't really proven much on the PGA Tour at all. You had Thomas Detry, who is just a famous heartbreaker. Obviously, he broke everybody's hearts on Saturday. He got at least that out of the way. But then he had a couple chasers trying to make a run on Sunday with Xander and Finau and Homa a little bit. And none of those guys could really get up there. And that, and what ended up having was 125-1, Matthew Pavan ended up winning. And I have some theories as far as maybe why some long shots are hitting. Is it just golf? And this is just kind of, you know, this is just how it is. Where it's unpredictable and sometimes just lucky bounces go towards a certain way and unlucky ones go another way, you know, possibly. I know we went on a very long run of guys who are under 50 to 1 in chalk hitting for outrights. It was a very lucrative time, I think, for a lot of gamblers, and this is a little bit of a struggle now. I think you also have a little bit of, this is a lame duck year with the PGA Tour. There's a lot of uncertainty what the actual schedule will look like going forward. Uh, I know that's a common complaint about live where, you know, it's not really, there's no stakes to anything. And who knows what the stakes really are to a lot of these, you know, non-signature events that we're seeing to some of these top guys, you know, are they mailing in a little bit? Are they just here for sponsors? And I don't know. I mean, I think there also might be to the fact that these quote unquote mules, the uh, non-stars, they've been treated very poorly over the last six to 12 months hearing a lot of negative things. Maybe they're just a little more motivated now. Maybe they're focusing a little more on their game and they know that they need to, sink or swim at this point. Maybe it's a confluence of all those things. 
why we're hitting seeing a lot of longer shots winning right now and maybe why it's a little more unpredictable. But I think this week, as far as the betting board, I think everybody is going to take the first four weeks and say, look, this is clearly a trend. Only 101 guys or long shots are going to win PG Tour events now. We're, we're just going to start loading up. And this is the perfect golf course really to do it at. Uh, you know, taking long shots where it's, you know, hit driver a whole lot. There's a lot of short irons. It's, you know, putting on POA. You know, that can be kind of tricky. Small greens. This would be a very tempting time to just say, you know what? I'm going to go with the trend. Bet a lot of long shots. But I doing this gambling for a while now it seems like that trend i think it's going to end this week i think i think i think a favorite's finally going to get it done you have the first real signature event of the season you have 80 guys and favorites do tend to win here as we'll go through some of the winners in recent times so i think i'm just going to still stick to the strategy i'm probably still going to try and find value at the top of the board and if i end up missing on an outright that's a longer shot. Say Levy. Hopefully, I hit positionals and can float, you know, my betting card that way. So, while we take our first break, and then we will fire up Google Earth and we will go over briefly uh, Pebble Beach and Spyglass, which you may not have seen, uh, and then we'll start getting into the nitty gritty of uh, the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro Am. All right, and this podcast is brought to you by Underdog. Underdog Fantasy has a way to play alongside your favorite fantasy players all season long. You got NFL, NBA, NHL, college basketball, golf, by the way, and college football, which isn't around anymore. But you can play that on Underdog Fantasy when it's in season. Simply pick the higher or lower on your favorite players' fantasy stats and cash in. You can win up to 100x with some very spicy plays. Those are uh, designated with a little chili pepper next to it. if you want to play that on your card. And obviously there's no underdog picks right now available, but given uh, some rocky weather that we'll go over in a little bit, I would expect some pretty high scores, especially on Pebble Beach. And we'll go over exactly why that's the case uh, in bad weather. You want to maybe avoid guys playing Pebble Beach and showdowns or, you know, maybe, you know, fade them a little bit in underdogs. So watch along, make your picks, and maybe make a little cash over on Underdog's mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. And when you sign up using the promo code GOLFSGPN, we have our very own personal promo code that you guys want to use when you sign up. Use GOLFSGPN. Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. It's Underdog Fantasy, promo code GOLFSGPN. All right. Let's fire up Google Earth. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on Pebble Beach. If you're watching, if you're crazy enough to be watching this right now, it's 6 a.m. Uh, first of all, thank you, by the way. Uh, if you're even listening to this, you chances are you're a very hardcore fan. This is a very in-depth, not silly podcast that I do every Sunday or Monday because I was too exhausted last night to do it. You know Pebble Beach. You have watched this tournament. You've seen multiple U.S. Opens here. You know really what you're going to expect here. It's a lot of Plotting, positional, less than driver golf with some wider fairways. Obviously, you have the opportunity to uh, incur a penalty stroke if you hit it off the fairway into the beach, mostly on the front nine, where if you are missing the ball left, it's going to go in the ocean here. Just a couple of things I want to point out. I want to emphasize why exactly it's kind of an awkward golf course. And there's a couple of reasons for it. You know, obviously you have off the tee, 
It can be very awkward. There's some awkward tee shots, and I'll show you a couple of examples here. And just with some of the approach shots, too, we'll get to uh, some of the difficulties in terms of how difficult it is compared to other golf courses in the strokes game categories. And with the ball striking statistics, actually, even though scoring can be pretty good at Pebble Beach sometimes in good weather, it's one of the tougher ball striking golf courses on the PGA Tour. Well, before I get to that, uh, I do want to show, and I'm, I apologize to the Jim Nance, uh, this is actually Jim Nance's house right here. I have a little pushpin. And why do I know that Jim Nance lives here? Well, there's a bunch of videos that actually show him, uh, people playing uh, the replica of the seventh green at Pebble Beach in his backyard. And, you know, it's pretty humorous. He's got the Masters theme going. Jim Nance is commentating it. And listen, Jim, if you want some privacy, maybe don't build one of the most famous greens in all of golf in your backyard and make it very easy to find on Google Earth. Basically, just look at the neighborhood and say, oh, hey, there's the seventh green in somebody's backyard. That must be Jim Nance's house. So that is Jim Nance's house. Uh, lucky guy, um, Cypress Point member, uh, living in basically golf paradise uh, in a better location than I certainly live in Rochester, New York. Uh, good for him. He's worked hard. Now back to the actual uh, seriousness of this golf podcast. I, I want to show a couple of like awkward tee shots and some examples of it and why, you know, th this can be susceptible to some randomness as far as the leaderboard, as far as there are certain golf courses where the shorter hitters, the guys who aren't as elite driving can compete. This is definitely one of those. And this here's an example right here. Here's the third hole, the sharp dog leg left. And it, what you're looking at from the tee box here, you have a tree, directly right in front of the tee box to your left over here. You got more trees over to the distance that are a little taller. And you're just looking straight at, you know, a, a fairway that runs out to three bunkers over here. And it's a short par four. It's only 404 yards. So you have seen guys try and cut the corner over here. The problem is you got to hit a huge hook in order to basically get up over the trees here, get around this tree over here. And then who knows where it's going to go? Obviously, you know, pros don't like hitting the ball left because you can't really control it. And the ball ends up bounding maybe in the rough over here, or if they don't draw it enough, it ends up in some of these bunkers over here. You know, so it's not just blasted away, hit it over the trees. There's some, definitely an awkwardness to this tee shot here. Uh, let's go over to number six. This is the start of probably one of the most famous three-hole stretches in all golf, six, seven, and eight. And while the tee shot really isn't all that awkward, you know, it's a pretty wide fairway here. You got some bunkers over here. You know, obviously you don't want to hit in the beach over on the right or as well. But the reason why this is an awkward hole is this, you have to hit up into a plateau that's about 40 feet above you, surrounded by bunkers into a very small green, and you can't see the green on this par five. It's only 523 yards, but hitting it uphill here and just hoping and praying that you hit a three wood you know, relatively close. Yeah, it, it can be kind of a nervy shot, especially when you have rocks and the and the cliffs over on the right side here. You have pretty thick rough over here. This is also a hole you have to birdie. Uh, you know, it's especially in bad weather. It can, you know, birdies can be hard to come by at Pebble Beach. That's another awkward approach shot. Um, number eight over here. Uh, this is where Jordan Spieth almost died, where he attempted to hit off the cliff over here. Uh, I think now they, uh, I think they mark it as a penalty area now where they don't let guys do that. Obviously you don't really want to see Scotty Scheffler or Xander take a tumble 
uh, down to the close. Unless you're my co-host and hate those guys. Uh, maybe he does. But again, this is less than driver. So a very wide fairway, but this is you're setting up just your second shot. And you got to hit it over the cliff, a very long approach shot. This green also is very difficult to hit. Um, I think they've done some softening to it over the last couple of years to try and make it a little more receptive. But, you know, small target over the cliff here. Uh, it's in a little bit of a bowl. So if you do miss to the left, I think that getting up and down is uh, very difficult, you know, especially if the greens are running a little quick and the wind's up. So, again, kind of awkward um, hole. You know, and, and you know that can make guys you know a little uncomfortable. Uh, this longer par three here, it's the two hundred two yard par three twelve. Again, like there's a lot of really well protected greens at Pebble Beach. This is an example of it. This is a long approach shot where it's all carry. You can't, you know, it's a very narrow mouth opening to the green right over here. You have a large bunker protecting almost the entire green up in the front here. You know, I mean, and if depending on where their pin is, if you do miss in this front bunker, you're not getting up and down. So, you know, I mean, it's it's that's a lot of the defenses at this place is just awkward as far as the tee shots, taking drivers off your hands and well protected greens. This is an example of that with a large bunker protecting the front uh, and most of the left side of the green on 12 here. Number 14, another par five. One of the more difficult par fives on the PGA Tour. Um, oh. Hold on. I Nope. There it is. So again, this actually speaks to the awkwardness of, of off the tee and with your approach play. Another awkward driving hole here. Sharp dog leg right where it, it, the fairway runs out pretty quick. If you try and cut the corner here, you have out of bounds over here as well. So if you really are sending it, you know, real far to right, you can hit in someone's yard here. Some pretty thick rough over here as well to deter anybody, if, you know, if you hit in the rough from going the green in two. It, it's just, it's not, again, just straight away, bomb away. You kind of got to think about it where you want it. There is a certain degree of position, precision that's needed at Pebble Beach, even though the fairways are fairly wide. And again, another very well-protected green. Uh, you know, there's a large false front down here that collects if you, if you, if your green or ball ends up, you know, on the right side of the green, it's probably going to roll down to the collection area. Again, another well-guarded uh, green, small green with a large bunker guard on the left side here. There's a, a collection areas down behind the green too. It's, it's a difficult green to hit uh, in, well, in at least two, uh, especially from longer range, even with just a wedge as well. There's a lot of trouble guys find themselves uh, hitting into this green on the par five 14th. I think a couple of years ago when I was in speed, he made it kind of a mess of this hole. Didn't bird, didn't birdie it. And they ended up losing the tournament. And then um, the last one, then number 17, uh, one of the more famous uh, holes at Pebble Beach just plays back into uh, the bay here, an hourglass shaped green as well. Well protected again by a large front bunker. I think uh, Spieth actually buried his ball into the front, the face of the bunker. And that's why uh, he couldn't get up and down. That's why he really blew. I think the 2021 uh, Pebble Beach pro am here, but again, small targets here, not a whole lot to work with a longer approach, especially when the wind is up. Uh, this is all a penalty area over to the left over here. Don't hit it over there. You're going to see a lot of guys, you know, either bail out a bunker if the pin is over in the front. Maybe they'll bail out way right here and try and get up, you know, kind of trip over. I think uh, famously Gary Woodland, 
The pin was over all the way on the left at the 2019 U.S. Open. He put his tee shot over on the right side of the green here and the right side of the hourglass. And he ended up actually chipping over the little neck uh, to get it about three feet. Uh, that ended my hopes that Brooks Kepka would end up winning the U.S. Open catching out, right? Sorry. Uh, a lot of close calls from me over the years, guys. And then uh, the 18th. Again, one of the most iconic closing holes of all of golf. Obviously, if you're missing left, like Rory McIlroy struggling with recently, you can hit it at the beach. You have a tree right in the middle of the fairway here. Most guys are long enough now to basically hit over it. But, you know, if the wind is up, that can, you know, you can end up maybe in this bunker here or maybe, you know, have some tree trouble if you really, really, you know, if, winds, if you really hit it short. But again, not a ton of room to work with with the approach shots. And we'll talk about uh, this is one of the tougher uh, approach shot golf courses on the PGA Tour. Just nowhere really to work with here. Small green, again, very well protected by a front bunker here. You have a tree over here. So even if you bail out right, you might have some tree trouble you have to contend with. And then you just have a little bunker here and then the beach. Most of the time, you're going to see guys um, either bail out in the bunker if they hit the fairway or if they're in the rough, this is automatic layup hole. You're not messing with that. So that's just kind of the awkwardness of Pebble Beach and why, um, you know, it's not your traditional PGA Tour vomit out there, short iron. There's a lot of short irons here, but there's a little more thought that, you know, you have to put into this place um, and a certain degree of precision, especially just with you know, how small the targets are that we'll talk about in a little bit. Let's talk about Spyglass Hill, though. This is probably a golf course you probably haven't seen a whole lot, except unless you watch PGA Tour live. And this is a Robert Trent Jones. I think he was built in the 60s. Uh, every single hole at Spyglass Hill here has some sort of name reference or to Treasure Island. So uh, I don't know exactly the names of every single hole, but all of them are named after something from that book. If you're a big fan of that book, you'll you know probably appreciate that. And I will say this about Spyglass Hill. Th- this is probably the weakest of the three that are usually played. The first opening five holes are, are very good. And it really gets you off to a great start as far as if you're playing this place. So first hole here, another sweeping dog leg left par five, uh, 595 yards down the hill. You know, you're teeing off here. And then once you get around this bend, then it just opens up to, you see the ocean immediately. And obviously that's a huge draw to playing a lot of these places, just seeing the ocean. And right off the bat, you know, par five playing into, you know, a, 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 a not a, as small greens as Pebble Beach, but they're relatively small. Again, well guarded by bunkers. But, you know, you're just seeing the ocean right off the bat. It's beautiful. And then second hole here, uh, you know, another less a less than driver hole to, you know, basically the fat, flat, fat part of the fairway here sets up um, a short iron into the green. It's all carry this hole. Uh, third hole, I think probably one of the, I think this is maybe the, the, one of the more iconic par threes at Spyglass Hill. Um, again, just plays dramatically downhill to a small green towards the sand dunes. It's great. You know, you're having a great time. This fourth green here, uh, you're hitting into a ridiculously narrow green. I think the green, it's, it's yeah, I'll zoom in right here. It just, it looks like just a long cucumber, essentially. Uh, I think it's like 70 yards long. I want to measure it actually for you guys. So... It is, so from front to back, it is 57 yards long, but it is only about 10 yards wide. Now, helping you if you hit your process here, it's basically like a bowl here. So if you hit it to the right or left, it could funnel back to the green. But, I mean, it's, it's 
it's a cool shot. It's a tricky shot, especially for amateurs. These guys kind of make it look relatively easy because they're just so good. Um, and then uh, you're going to play another uh, mid-length par five again along the beach. You see the rocks over here. You see the sand dunes. But once you get past the fifth hole, you're done seeing the ocean. You, they basically blew their wad immediately. And then you play end up playing back towards the forest, the uh, Del Monte Forester. And it just, like, if you're going to go to this area, you want to play by the ocean. You want to see the coastline. And you're just not seeing it. You know, I mean, the appeal of the Spyglass Hill, there is a lot of elevation changes. Um, T to green. I'll show you number nine here. Uh, you're playing up about, you know, 50 feet up to the ninth green here. So there are, you know, so a little bit, you know, ty- different types of shots you got to hit at Spyglass compared to Pebble. It's mostly flat, but you're missing a lot of the ocean here. Uh, there are some more opportunities to hit driver at Spyglass Hill. We'll talk about the, the predictive skill sets as far as that might actually favor guys who hit it a little longer here. It's, it's more the fact that you can hit driver a little more. Most of these holes are a lot more straight ahead. Uh, it's a lot narrow to uh, than Pebble Beach. These fairways probably range only about... 25 yards wide at Pebble. They're about 40 yards wide. So less room to work with. You just grip and rip it kind of at this golf course. There's a couple positional holes where, you know, you still got to kind of be mindful. You can't just hit driver everywhere, but overall though, once you get past the fifth hole, it looks like a lot of other Robert Trent Jones golf courses. It's shorter, but a lot of it's very straight ahead. A lot of these bunkers too can be carried with a driver. Like th- this bunker over here, on hole number 13, it's only about 264 yards to the middle of it. So most guys nowadays can hit over it. So they're not even really in play. Um, but overall, though, I mean, Spyglass, first five holes are great. After that, you know, it gets a little weaker. So so that's both golf courses. I Hopefully, you know, you enjoyed seeing Spyglass Hill a little bit as far as um, what it offers. We'll talk a little bit more about that when we get to the average scoring, how weather can dictate how you want to approach this golf course or in this term, but why don't we take another break and then we will get into uh, the nitty gritty of this uh, tournament. So we are brought to you by cut cut is a peer to peer social betting platform that's us based and available in over 40 States. Peer to peer social betting is a new and better way to bet, bet directly against your friends or other users on sports, politics, pop culture, and other events, verifiable outcomes and tons of fun social features that give it the feel of a betting social network. Cut offers lower vague and fully customizable odds. So you can create your own bets with your friends or whoever you want to bet with. Cut handles the payment side of things so you never have to chase down anyone for money. And it's got social features like group chats, betting, leaderboards, head-to-head history, user profiles, fan groups, and a lot more. And as a reminder, every time you use Cut, you get cash back. Every single time you bet against one of your friends, they will give you cash back um, every time you do that. So a reminder, Cut is the peer-to-peer social betting platform that's U.S.-based and legal in 40 states. Head to Cut.com. That's K-U-T-T.com. Use promo code SGPN for a 10% deposit bonus. And we're also about to buy Hall of Fame bets. Win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame bets. Sport betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, and soccer bet with historical stats and data. So enter any parlay idea into Hall of Fame Bets' revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg, as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. 
Sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame bets to craft more intelligent, day-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching. Start winning with Hall of Fame bets. And also, uh, this you know, time is running out, but everything on the SGPN merch store is 50% off, including a lot of golf gambling pockets gear, which I'm repping uh, this morning, Mike garage in Rochester, New York. But everything between now and the end of the month, uh, you got a couple of days, is 50% off if you use promo code PLAYOFFS. And we're competing against other shows for a bonus. So you only know, you got 48 hours. Load up on your Golf Gambling Podcast here. We really appreciate it. Go buy your favorite item from the store. That's 50% off at the SGPM merch store using promo code PLAYOFFS. Okay. Let's get rid of Google Earth and let's pull up the term and fact sheet. This is where I start every single year just to see if there's anything noteworthy uh, about this tournament that I might need to know about in advance. So ATT Pebble Beach Pro-Am. This is two golf courses this year, as I laid out the front. Uh, three rounds we played at Pebble Beach. One we played at Sp- 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 yeah, Spyglass Hill. Uh, they will play Pebble and Spyglass the first two days. They will rotate that. And then over the weekend... All 80 players without the amateurs will go play Pebble Beach for two straight days, which will be a very enjoyable uh, weekend coverage, just focusing on the golf and not Bill Murray. So some stats about Pebble Beach. Uh, This is a par 72. There are four par fives at Pebble Beach. It plays a 6,972 yards. That is the third shortest course on the PGA Tour last year. Uh, Greens are only 3,500 square feet in area. These are tiny greens. They are actually... I believe the smallest greens in the PGA Tour. Yes, it is. They were the smallest greens in the PGA Tour. Uh, last week's, they were very small greens of Torrey Pines. Those were 5,000 square feet. So they're even smaller targets this week at Pebble Beach. Greens run pretty slow on the simp meter as well. They're only 10 and a half because you're by the ocean. If the wind is getting up, you can't punt in these greens. So they have to run very slow. And the weather might be a, uh, a little bit of an issue this week. We'll get to that. Uh, down the road on this podcast. As far as agronomy goes, once again, we're playing on the Poana. And you saw uh, a lot of guys struggle on the Poana last week at Torrey Pines. You could see, especially with some of the worm cans, uh, uh, worm cameras, just how bumpy and, you know, even just hits a little tiny bud. It can send it offline there. Well, they're putting again on Poana. Again, you're going to want guys who are probably pretty comfortable putting on this uh, surface. It's not the easiest one to play on. Um, as far as the uh, rest of the agronomy goes, you know, it's not all that penal. Last week, we saw really uh, thick, rough at Torrey Pines. It was over four inches. This week, it's, it's Ryegrass and Poana, uh, fairways and rough, only two to three inches. There's a couple areas uh, where I think, uh, most of the par fives, I feel like, where if you miss in the fairway, or if you miss the fairway, if you miss the wrong side, like the rough can be pretty gnarly there. But overall, though, not really penal, penal rough for the most part, only two inches, maybe three inches, maybe with some of the rain they've been receiving re- lately, maybe a little longer in some areas, but not as penal rough, rough as you saw last week uh, at uh, Torrey Pines. As far as uh, GCSA actually gives a little nugget about the weather, it's been very wet uh, leading up to this tournament, probably softer greens. We're going to see a lot of rain during the tournament. We'll get to that a little bit, but expect fairly soft conditions for this tournament once again. As far as Spyglass Hill goes, 7,041 yards. Again, not a very long golf course, a little longer than, than Pebble Beach, but you know, still one of the shorter golf courses in the PGA Tour. Average green size, 5,000 square feet. That's about the size of Torrey Pines South last week. So smaller green, smaller than average on the PGA Tour. Again, Poana greens, ryegrass and Poana, not as thick a rough as 
at Pebble Beach, only about two inches uniform throughout the entire golf course. Uh, no real changes, though, other than the 14th green was rebuilt um, since last year's events. There's no real way to handicap it. I don't know how they actually built it. And honestly, it's probably immaterial to the results of what you want to look for. Anyways, don't get caught up too much about what exactly the rebuilt 14th green means in this place. Um, let's go over uh, the course stats here. Uh, again, like uh, a couple weeks, uh, for the first couple weeks, I mostly ignored this section because they're playing really easy golf courses. Not really a whole lot to talk about there. But there are definitely some things to talk about, excuse me, for this tournament. I may mention that Pebble Beach, even though it can be fairly receptive um, to scoring, it's one of the tougher ball striking tournaments on the PGA Tour schedule. I kind of laid out a little bit why, as far as like difficulty of the shot. It's not straightforward, especially off the tee. There's a lot of just awkwardness in a lot of tee shots, a lot of plotting positional. A lot of time you're going to have less than driver due to the bottlenecking in the fairway or the fairway runs out. You can't just grip it and rip it at Pebble Beach a lot. Um, and that reflects kind of in the difficulty of the golf course, you know, compared to other ones. It's since 2015, um, it is the 21st hardest off the tee. So are the types of tee shots you have to hit there. Some years are harder than others. Back in 2019, uh, it was the number one toughest. I think they had a lot of weather that year, uh, a lot of rain as well. I think that was the one that Phil Mickelson might have won, I, if I believe. I think that made blend the Monday. But that had the toughest year. Some years, it's, it's a lot easier. But for the most part, it's one of the tougher ones off the tee every single year in the PGA Tour. The approach shots as well. Again, very well-guarded greens, very small greens, small targets. You have a couple holes where you, it's a blind approach shot into the green there. You know, I showed the 17th hole. It's an hourglass green. Just, it, it's a tricky uh, golf course for your approach shots. Since 2015, it's the 12th hardest on uh, the PGA Tour for a lot of those reasons. Small targets, well-guarded greens, especially on some of these par fives, too. It's not just get there and two. It, there are some difficulties with uh, at least three of the four par, four par fives at this tournament. Around the green, though, even if you miss a green, it's relatively easy conditions compared to other places. Uh, it probably helps the fact that it's mostly – rough around all the greens not it's not very thick either and it's smaller greens so you don't have you know you're not chipping you know across country to a pin that's well off in the distance there if you miss a green chances are the pins gonna be relatively close to you to get up and down getting around the green here is not all that or getting up and down from off the green at pebble is not all that difficult but putting though just like last week and this is a theme to all the poa golf courses is in california very difficult to putt on this Pella. And since 2015, it's the sixth hardest uh, of all golf courses in the PGA Tour that they played. It's Poa because of that. Um, just in terms of some driving stats, I may mention that drivers taking out of your hands a lot at this golf course. The average driving distance since 2015, you know, it's gone up a little bit, but it's in your low 270s. The average drive last year at Pebble Beach was 273. Again, drivers take out of your hands a lot at this golf course. That is actually, I think, the uh, second shortest for uh, tee shots uh, as far as distance at on the PGA Tour since then. But uh, it is fairly wide fairways 
Average driving accuracy rate is about 69.5% since 2015. Mostly it's, you know, high 60s, low 70s, um, you know, since 2015, as far as driver accuracy rates. It's because the fairways are fairly wide. We'll go over the fairway uh, info here. About 40-yard wide fairways. And when you get a lot of rain as well at Pebble Beach, they tend to be a little softer, a little more receptive to hold the fairways. Pretty big targets at Pebble Beach. Uh, as far as the missed fairway penalty goes, not very penal to miss a fairway at Pebble Beach, especially with the rough. You know, it's only two to three inch ryegrass rough. It's a little gnarly in some places. I may mention, I think, you know, off some of the par fives, if you're well off, into the, um, you know, if you miss in the wrong spot on some of the par fives, you're not getting there at home too. That's where they tend to grow up some of the longer rough on the, on the golf course. But overall, though, the rough is not very penal there. Uh, I think it also speaks to the fact too that, like, even from, you know, the fairway, you're going to a very small target. There's a good chance you might miss the green anyways. So even if you're in the rough, you might get the same outcome as somebody in the fairway holding the same club. So that, that, that's what this uh, category measures. Basically, it's the difference between your average strokes to hole out for the rough versus uh, the fairway. And we just mentioned, too, it's pretty easy to get up and down as well. So chances are, it's, if you, if you, even if you hit your tee shot on the fairway or you hit in the rough, there's still a pretty good chance you can get the same score as somebody else, even if you miss a fairway there. Uh, there is a, a little bit higher degree of penalties at Pebble Beach, even though you know the only water hazard is the beach. But again, all the way down the front nine there, you miss right, you're going to hit it into the beach. It's a penalty stroke. There's a couple areas on the back nine as well that there's some out of bounds. I think I pull, excuse me, number uh, 13 and 14. I think there's some white stakes if you hit it right. Uh, that's out of bounds. And then obviously number 18, hit it left. You hit it on the beach there. Uh, that's an opportunity to incur a penalty stroke off the tee. And, and the approach shots goes, uh, a lot of wedges that we'll talk about, you know, I, I mean, the green regulation rate is about 65%. You know, it's it's um, a little higher than PG Tour average since 2015. But considering how many short irons you have into a lot of these greens, that's actually fairly low. Um you know, you would, I would probably expect if you're going to ask guys to hit from the fairway a lot and have a lot of shots under 150 yards, I mean, the green regulation rate would probably just be like 75%. It's only 65% here. It's because of a lot of the small greens that you that these are going to face with. And that explains why um, it's the 17th hardest for approach shots under 150 yards since uh, 2015 and ninth hardest from over 150. A lot of that has to do with the par fives, I feel like. I showed you hole number six. You're in the fairway, but you're hitting up into a plateau. You can't see the green. It's a small green. You don't really know where it's going to go. You're probably not hitting into number 14. You're probably not hitting into because small green, well protected, has got a large false front. It's you're probably not going to get there in two. And even number 18, even if you're in the fairway, there most guys bail out the bunker, bail out right because there's just no room left. And small green is well protected. That's why I think a lot of the longer approach shots. At Pebble Beach, number 17 as well, that longer par three, 202 yards, but it's an hourglass green. That's why a lot of the longer approach shots at Pebble Beach are some of the tougher ones on the PGA Tour. Uh, and then as far as putting goes, second, seventh toughest since 2015 from under five feet, second toughest from five to 15 feet. That's all polo related there. So tough ball striking golf course, tough putting golf course, not very tough uh, around the green. I'm going to take a little break to set a coffee. All right, and we're back. Let's go over the predictive skill set chart here from Data Golf. Kind of no surprise here looking at 
what generally is not valued as much compared to other PGA Tour golf courses, driving. As far as it being a predictive skill set, and because it's, I laid it out, drivers taking out all these guys' hands a lot. It's a lot more plotting positional golf with less than driver off the tee. It's not just gripping and rip it like some other places. So there's a lower correlation of guys who are longer uh, in general and success at Pebble Beach than the average PGA Tour golf course, You know, even though distance is still um, a better predictor of success because generally guys who are longer tend to be just a little better on the PGA Tour. But there's less of an emphasis at Pebble Beach than there is at other golf courses, and then, but an accuracy as well. Again, you're not hitting a lot of driver here. So looking at driving stats this week, not very useful at all. A lot of that is going to measure what they do on golf courses that demand a lot of drivers. And here, it's a lot of irons off tees, a lot of fairway metals, a lot of hybrids. That's not that doesn't really show up in the strokes gain off the tee stuff. So I'm not really even going to look at that this week. Like like Eric Cole, for example, really bad off the tee numbers. Like maybe like below average, he struggles to control the driver a lot. But he's not going to be asked to hit driver a ton here. It's going to be a lot of Freewoods, hybrids. So, you know, you might look at him and like in your mind, be like, oh, like Eric Cole's like not like 71st. He's not that bad, but like he's like 70th inch off the tee this week. It might not mean anything here because the types of shots are hitting with that metric don't apply at Pebble Beach. So that's something to keep in mind. But as far as the other category goes, higher correlation to success at Pebble Beach with guys who are better iron players, higher correlation to success to guys who are better around the green. Uh, Pebble Beach and a higher correlation of success as far as guys were better putters. The only thing I would really take from that is the iron play, as I mentioned, difficult approach shots. You have to have some measure of precision at this place, um, you know, because they're tiny targets. Better iron players just generally would probably do better at Pebble Beach. And same thing with the putters. So you want confident putters, especially on POA, your difficult greens to putt on. The around the green being a higher predictor to success at Pebble Beach. I'll take a ton of stock in that. I think it's kind of like, um, which was the case of Wiley, where that also showed a higher correlation of better guys who are around the green doing better at uh, the golf course. But it might have more to do with the fact that the types of players it generally attracts. You know, it generally, these Pebble Beach, this tournament, and like a tournament like Wiley, Sony Open generally attract weaker players and they have to keep their cards because not as good ball strikers. So they have to keep the cards based on being good around the green. Cards. I think that probably explains more the higher correlation here. Uh, now I don't know if that's going to be the case in, uh, you know, with a better field, I would suspect probably uh, a little higher importance on iron play this week. Um, as far as your better predictor than just around the green. I'm not going to take a ton of stock, especially with how easy it is. I mean, Victor Hovland won this as an amateur uh, back in the U.S. Am, and this was before he even got good with around the green. Like, I mean, he's still mediocre, but he won here. So I think with a better caliber field, I don't think the around the green stuff is going to be as helpful for you as far as predicting who's going to be good or not. I mean, obviously it helps, but I don't think it's going to be as predictable what it was in years let's go to spyglass hill they actually have a predictor skill set as well i may mention that there's more opportunities to hit driver at spyglass hill and lo and behold uh there's a much higher correlation success at spyglass hill uh with guys who are long because there are more opportunities more straight ahead you can hit driver you hit over a lot of the hazards 
it, that's a probably a big reason. Uh, definitely a lower correlation to ad driving accuracy. So bombers tend to do pretty well at spyglass as part. So if you're going to do showdowns, maybe load up on guys who are a little longer. They might have better success at that place. But then again, higher correlation guys are pretty good uh, uh, with their irons, smaller targets. You know, that makes sense. Higher correlation guys are pretty good with the putter. That's the Poana. Again, another higher correlation guys were pretty good around the green, but again, I think that's just the type of player that this tournament usually attracts. Um, let's go over what's happened the last couple of years. So last year, this was a Sunday finish. Justin Rose won beat be Brendan Todd, who I had outright. I have a lot of second place winners, as you guys have probably found out over the years. Uh, but I remember the, the weather being pretty bad, I think, on Sunday, but they stopped play. But in most years, and we're only going to look at Spyglass and Pebble. We're not going to worry about Monterey Peninsula this year because it's not a rotation. Spyglass is usually the toughest golf course. Last year played at 0.8 uh, over par. Last year on average, Pebble Beach played about minus 0.4. So about a 1.5, 1.4 stroke difference. Going back to 2022, uh, let's, uh, I don't want to show that page yet. This is uh, Tom Hoagie snatching a uh, victory from Jordan Spieth. He won by two. Again, uh, not... Totally difficult uh, scoring additions overall for the tournament, but Spyglass played over par, plus 0.18 over par. Uh, Pebble played about minus 1.3 under par. So again, about a 1.5, 1.4 stroke difference. Uh, and then going back to 2021 here, Daniel Berger wins in a pretty bunch up leaderboard. Again, this is when they only played two golf courses. Uh, Pebble played uh, 0.8 under par. Uh, Spyglass played about 1.79 over par. So a little higher uh, difference there. Here's the thing, and this is definitely key to this week. And uh, after this, I'll show you the weather report. There, in most cases, in good weather, you want to play Pebble. You need to play Pebble. It's kind of like last week when, uh, in good weather, you have to take advantage of Torrey Pines North because that is a scoreable golf course. You're not going to be able to get that as much on the south course. Here, if you get really good weather, you have to take advantage of Pebble Beach. So if you're playing Showdown or if you're looking to maybe, you know, you know, play wave splits. If you're seeing maybe a really good weather day for guys playing Pebble, play those guys. Don't play Spyglass Hill. But Spyglass is a lot more, especially in the back line, as I showed you, you place through the forest there. In bad weather, it's way, especially with wind, this is the key. It, it's way more protected than Pebble Beach is. And so you'll actually see Spyglass in really bad weather days play easier than Pebble is because Pebble... There's nowhere to hide. You're on the coast. There's no trees to really protect you. It can play extremely tough if it's in really bad weather. So if you see a couple of bad weather days, you actually want to go play Spyglass. I mean, it's not going to, it's still probably not going to go great for you because it's still going to play very tough for everybody, but it's going to play a lot easier than Pebble will that day. So that's where you want to shade things. And the weather looks like it's going to be an issue this week where you're going to have to probably do some thinking as far as where you want to play guys. Uh, it's going to be harder for your betting card because it's a four day tournament, but for DraftKings, definitely something you want to keep in mind. It's no cut, but any edge you can get over the field is good. So let's start with Thursday. So it looks like there's a weather system coming in Wednesday night. Going to be pretty horrific conditions up to 50 mile per hour gusts. A lot of rain looks like Thursday is going to be a lot of rain, but not a lot of wind. So not ideal conditions, but as long as there's not a lot of wind, it's still probably safe to play guys at Pebble uh, that week or uh, that day. 
So I would expect guys going you know, off Pebble probably going to, you know, it's probably going to play about normal. That's why it's going to be harder, harder on Thursday. Pebble's going to be a lot easier. Friday, though, worse, another weather system looks like it's going to come in. It's going to start getting a little windier. Not crazy winds, but it's going to rain all day. You're going to have, you know, 15, 20 mile per hour winds. Pebble's way more exposed. I would probably, looking at this, I think I, I'm, I'm going to be hesitant to get my betting card out immediately. I think I want guys playing Pebble first. Because on Friday, I think Spyglass is going to play a little easier. With the wind here, with the rain, and they're just going to be able to be- take better conditions with better scoring conditions Pebble on Saturday. I want guys playing Pebble to start off. So keep that in mind. Watch the weather throughout the week. It's going to be important. Now, Saturday looks absolutely perfect, pristine. No wind. Everybody's playing pedal. It's cold, but soft golf course. You know, there should be good conditions. But look at this weather report on Sunday, especially in the afternoon here. Rain, 50 mile power winds. This is the tricky part of what we're doing, trying to forecast out. This weather report right here, suggests to me that it's probably not going to finish on Sunday. So we're looking at Monday finish, which also looks pretty dicey with the weather. So that's tough to predict. You know, what if the weather forecast, you know, like looking at this forecast here, like if they do have to play through this really bad weather, I mean, no one's going to be hitting greens. It's going to be an up and down contest. I basically want scramblers and putters. Um, you know, it, it's going to be so tough playing Pebble, but I don't know if they're going to be playing in this. So I'm going to be mindful of the weather forecast the next couple of days, but this is definitely going to be an issue, at least finishing this tournament. And they have to play through it. You know, it's, it's going to be a rock fight. And there's guys who rise to the occasions in rock fights and guys who don't. And we kind of know the difference. I know my co-host knows the difference. Sometimes I, I confuse the difference. <laughs> But that's something to keep in mind. The weather is going to be a huge issue. I think overall, though, I want guys starting off on Pebble on Thursday. That's all I know. As long as this weather port holds, that's where we open it. And then let's far, let's go to what you actually do in tournament, as far as separating yourself and what type of shots you hit. So, unfortunately, we just showed in the predictive skill sets that off the tee is not very predictive. How you're doing coming in, not predictive. But in tournament performance off the tee, much more predictive than the average PGA Tour golf course. Um, it was a lot more predictive last year than the average PGA Tour golf course as far as separating yourself in the leaderboard. Basically, guys who drove a little better that week fared a little better than everybody else. It was easier to separate yourself, which makes sense. Like, if you're booning around, if you are um, hitting off the cliffs, obviously, you're not going to drive it well. The guys who are not doing that send themselves with a lot of fairways for uh, pro shots in. You know, you're going to do a little better. Uh, last year had... Uh, a lot higher correlation to success with your iron play. Better, basically, better iron players are able to separate yourselves more on the leaderboard than uh, most PGA Tour years. That's not the case every single year, but last year in particular it was. Uh, around the green putting, though, much less effects towards your annual strokes gain. So, this really last year in 2023 was more of a ball striking tournament. And that makes sense. Justin Rose won. You know, yes, he lost strokes off the tee, but uh, for the most part, most of the guys who did better last year had good driving weeks. They hit a lot of fairways. They avoided trouble. And most of the better iron players, like, you know, oh, look, like, let's see the ranks. You know, Rose was 14th in his iron play. Brandon was 6th. Malnati was 5th. Somehow he's a terrible ball striker. He was 5th in the strokes and approach. 
uh, Michael Kim, Kevin Yu, a lot of guys who hit their irons really good. That was the way to, you know, basically pass their success. Going back last year or in 2022, let's load this up here. Again, a lot of higher, basically the path to success at the 2022 Pebble Beach Run was off the tee. Unfortunately, it is not predictive. So we don't really know who's going to be great off the tee coming, you know, at this tournament, but that's one of the key indicators to success in separating yourself at this place, which makes it a very difficult tournament to kind of handicap on top of the weather issues that we're going to have. Um, in 2022, iron play wasn't quite as effective, but still, you know, one of the more predictive measurements. Uh, putting was a little more important in 2022. Around the green, again, not important. Probably the easiest uh, conditions around the green is my is what I would suspect, suspect for it. Go back to 2021. Again, higher importance of around the green play. Uh, not as much again around the, uh, with your scrambling and iron play, but a higher importance with your putting. Again, that turned into another putting contest. I have to try and think like what the like why those particular years. It might be. I think there were better scoring years, maybe a little easier. So maybe because they turned a little more of a putting contest. And I know last year it was worse weather for the most part. So maybe that's why. Maybe I want to shade more towards better ball striking as more predictive. I don't know. I got to mull that over. But overall, though. The general trend is the biggest takeaway to the in-tournament success measurements is we're at a tournament where it's not predictive what one does coming in with how they do off the tee. However, off the tee is the way to separate yourself at this place more than the average PG Tour stop. It's not the biggest and most important way. Obviously, putting and iron play is still more important for the most part as gaining strokes on the field, but driving was a little more important. Uh, and then your approach shot distribution, it's a lot of short irons. Uh, you know, obviously a higher rate of shots from under, from 100 to 125, from 75 to 100, from 50 to 75. You know, there's a lot of short par fours at Pebble Beach. There's also, I think a lot of this has to do with the fact that a lot of these greens, uh, these par fives, a lot of guys lay up and it's a three shot hole. So there's a lot of wedges into a lot of these greens too. Uh, it's pretty much a dead zone from between 125 and 200, though. A lot less shots between 125 and 200 than the average PGA Tour stop. Uh, a little more from 200 to 225. I think a couple of the par threes are over 200 yards. I know number two, obviously, that's a two-shotter for everybody. That's one of the longer approach shots. But overall, though, this is a lot of shorter par uh, uh, approach shots in the tournament. Going back to 2022, pretty much the same thing. Most of the shots stream under 125. Um, you know, there's a couple of longer approach shots, a little longer or more than PG average, but again, pretty much a dead zone between 125 and 200. So anybody who's really good from like their 125, 200 club, you're not going to use as much. Uh, 2021 here, same thing. Lots of shots from under 125, a very high proportion of it. A little more from over 200 that year. Now, what's missing in this data though is Spyglass, and I actually went through. And just estimated based on where I think the approach shots are going to come from at Spyglass. So this is the splits I have. And this will be in my column. They'll be up around lunchtime today. I still got to edit a little bit. But this is the splits I have from Spyglass. So under 150 yards, nine shots. About half your shots are going to come from under 150 yards. Again, you know, it's, it's pretty driver heavy. So you can shorten up a lot of these holes, even though it's a little longer. But still only 7,000 yards. And there's still some shorter par fours as well. So... Under 150 yards, about nine shots. 
Again, another dead zone between 150 and 200 yards, only five shots. That's less than PG2 or average, but and 200 plus yards, um, 20% or uh, about um, four shots around. So those are all your par fives. All of them are pretty reachable. There, I don't think there's any par threes in Spyglass that are over 200 yards. So your composite average taking three rounds of Pebble and one round of Spyglass. This is if you want to use like your strokes gain per shot at, at a the data golf offers. This is how you want to split it up. So from under 150 yards, I got 45.8% of your shots are going to come from under 150 yards. That's like 33 out of 72, I think. Um, that's much higher than PG2 or average. I think the PG2 average is only like 37%. So it's a lot higher from under 150. For 150, 200 yards, it's only 26.5%. That's a lot lower than PG2 or average. And then 200 plus yards, 28.1%. That's slightly higher PG2 or average. So for proximity stats, for your iron stuff, you know, iron play coming in is highly predicted to success. You want to focus more on the guys who are pretty good from shorter range. And, um, you know, with a little bit of your uh, over 200 as well for your par fives and some of the longer par threes. But overall, though, and this is going to be a short iron contest. And that makes sense. You know, Tom Hoagie won this. Really good short iron player. Daniel Berger won this. Really good short iron player. Nick Taylor's won this. Really good short iron player. Jordan Spieth has won this. Brant Snedeker has won this. Uh, he's won it twice, actually. A lot of guys who are really good with their wedges have won here. And that's a big prevailing theme. So if you want to just throw, for me personally, I'm going to not even look at off the tee stuff because it's not predictive. Anybody can really come in here and do well. Um, you know, it's going to be a lot of sh- how you're doing the short irons, if you're a good putter on POA. But that weather forecast, though, that's going to be kind of tricky this week. So uh, thank you for getting up early to join me. Uh, Trip C82, good morning to you as well. Thank you for joining me. Uh, Thank you for joining me today, uh, this morning. Uh, I have to start getting ready for work and get the kids up. So uh, we'll be back on Tuesday, tomorrow night for our betting show. We're going to have the Model Maniac himself, uh, Byron uh, Lindyk, who I was on his show a couple weeks ago. We're going to Return the favor. He's going to bring uh, come on for us as well. Uh, Byron from Roto Baller. Uh, he's going to break down the betting card with us. And we're also uh, it's not going to be live streamed. We are going to attempt to do a live show, uh, live betting show. I don't think any odds are actually on the main books, but you can find them at your offshores or your locals. Odds are available. We're going to attempt to actually try and have a serious, semi-serious discussion about how to bet this thing when unfortunately the teams aren't even finalized. So that's a bit of a challenge. I don't know who's going to be on John Rom's team. I don't know if Terrell Hatton's going to be there or what, but um, we're going to try it. We're going to see how it goes. You know, I, I feel we, we said this back in December that based on, it doesn't seem like Liv is going to go away anytime soon. We're going to have to start covering it, especially if it's still going to have a lot of these guys who are over there. I mean, we're going to have to at least try and pay attention to it because they're all going to come over for the majors. And we can't just ignore what they're doing. And, you know, I mean, I can criticize a lot of those golf courses. The live guys plays is too easy. Well, then we go see him play Amex or Wildlife over here on the PG Tour. They don't really have a lot of stakes either. It's all the same, guys. So we're going to try and do a live show. Um, We'll see how it goes. 
But uh, thank you again for uh, joining me. Uh, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the YouTube page for Golf Gambling Podcast. I will give you a preview every single week doing exactly what I just did, uh, going for Google Earth with the golf course and then through Data Golf. Also, subscribe to our podcast on Apple or Spotify. Give us a rate and review as well. We'd love to hear from you. And with that, uh, have a good Monday, and we will see you tomorrow night for the betting show.